The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to the show. Boy, oh boy, I told you we could beat the Chiefs, and we lost by just one point. Hmm, I wonder where we could have scraped up one more point. Hmm, that and more here on show 602. Right, Ritter Nation, the postgame for the Chiefs will be on this show as well as a pregame for the Texans. We'll get on that too because we have a little bit to say about that. And my favorite part, of course, the bone line should wrap this show right on up. So let's get to it, shall we? There we were, Sparrowhead, visions of Russell <laughs> winning the game with Darren McFadden. I was there for that one. Now that's when we beat the Chiefs with this game, which I was totally sure we could win. I told you last show, I had no doubt that we could beat the Chiefs and swipe the smirk off their faces, which we did for the first half. <laughs> Big time scoring 20 points in the first half to their meager 10 and they were stressing hard what a classic on uh monday night football that's what we call a long-standing division rivalry game love it throw the records out yep uh which the raiders would love to do right now but the raiders kind of bottled this team up to start this is what i was talking about (laughs) all March and April and May and June and July and August and (laughs) up until games started being played in September. This is why I thought the Raiders were going to be really good and tough to beat this year. I thought Max Crosby and Chandler Jones on the same defensive line would provide such immense pressure on the edges and also get to the quarterback. I thought that Devontae Adams back with Derek Carr would provide a vertical game that the Raiders love to do. Throw deep, baby. That's been their uh, their mantra ever since the Al Davis days, you know? And on a fourth and one early in the game, they're going for it midway through the first quarter, running the risk of giving a half a field to Patrick Mahomes. Up top they go. Touchdown. Boom. Josh Jacobs starts running with abandon. He arrives with intention. He puts an exclamation point at the end of his runs. Josh Jacobs had a career best in rushing last night after setting his career best in rushing mark the previous week. It just lasted one week. He broke it last night. They didn't have Darren Waller, and they were being able to put points on the board and absorb the inevitable run from the Chiefs offense that occurred in the third quarter, taking a 20-10 to 10 deficit and making it a 24-20 to 20 lead. Watching the game last night, and all of a sudden, Devontae goes deep, and it's quickly 7-0. Then it's 14-0. And then it could have been 21-0. 
Kansas City, it's, hey, all right, we're down 14 or we're down 17. We're okay. You know, when you outscore them 24 to 3 after that, you know, that's a big deal. And that's what Kansas City was able to do last night. The Raiders came back, eventually tied the game on another vertical pass, a gorgeous dime from Carr stepping up in the pocket to find Devontae Adams in the end zone with two Chiefs on him, dropped it right in the bucket. And the Raiders decided to go for two because they knew Mahomes, if he was going to get the ball back, all they needed one stop to win, not to just force potential overtime and play more football in Arrowhead. And, of course, that was the final blow right there in the game because the Raiders did not get the two-point conversion. They were one point shy and then did get the ball back and could not convert. And the Raiders made too many damn mistakes last night. Too many mistakes on off, on the offensive line in the first half. Too many mistakes in the second half. One defensive hold on a missed field goal that would have given the ball back to the Raiders down just one instead gave new life to the Kansas City Chiefs. And what they did with that life was find Travis Kelsey in the end zone for a fourth time. Now let me just say this. The players came to play, but the coaches... I don't know if they came to coach. I certainly know that McDaniels did not. And I hate to be harping on this pork soul, but I got to jump on it right now because I was furious at the end of the game with his analytical decisions. Yes, that's a new excuse in the NFL for bonehead moves. And I'm sure he would pull that out of the bag if you gave him the opportunity. Going for two points for no real reason when we should have just kicked the field goal and then we would have had a chance at the end of the game to go into overtime. Gee whiz. Um, There were a couple of times where you're questioning what the Raiders are doing and Josh McDaniels and what he's doing. And I wondered about this when they had a chance to go for the tie and it's 427, I think, to go. And I'm thinking... Why not go for the tie? Because you're going to get beat on a a field goal no matter what. So at least if you tie, now you you can play with the clock a little bit, may get a chance to get the ball back if they you hold them to a field goal, and also if not and nobody scores and you go into overtime. So at the time I thought I wouldn't go for that. It it didn't feel like, and maybe the Raiders thought, well, Kansas City is really rolling, you know, and Josh McDaniels saying, you know what, we got to go for this, got to go for two. But in the moment, I thought, I didn't agree with it because a field goal is going to beat you no matter what. And Mahomes, so let's say it's 30 to 29. Then Mahomes needs two first downs, maybe three, and then the game's over. This way, you know, they're going to go and try to kick a field goal at worst. All right, they're going to bleed the clock. But you might get another chance. And if they happen to miss the field goal, you're going into overtime. Here is Josh McDaniels, the Raiders head coach, on going for two instead of one. We had a play that we felt really good about. We thought we would get a look that gave us a shot at it for sure. Uh, we had a chance. We had a fair fight at it. You know, they played it a little bit better than we did and uh, gave ourselves an opportunity to take the lead there. And you know, and then maybe put a little extra pressure on them when they had the ball. You know, nothing more, nothing less. Just trying to be aggressive, trying to win the game. And I get that. I mean, the coach knows his team and what, you know, is going to work best. It didn't work out. 
And if it did work out, I still didn't like it from the standpoint of there's so much time left. It's Mahomes. They seem to be on a roll, and all they need is a field goal now. This way, at least I, I, I might get the ball back, and worst case scenario, maybe they don't score. Maybe we don't score and we go into overtime, and then maybe we have a chance. But they went out. They started great, started fast. They ran the football. They did all the right things. And then all of a sudden, Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey and the Chiefs defense did what they needed to do. And here's another <laughs> glorious call by our coach. There we are, driving down the field for a winning touchdown. We're trying. We're third and one and a half at this point. And he chooses to pass the ball not once, but twice. When our rushing game was blowing them out, they had no no answer for Josh Jacobs. None. He got yardage left and right. I mean, <laughs> why do you have a coach? This is how you win or lose games. And then his mealy-mouthed post-game press conference, just I just can't listen to it. I mean, I know I have to, but it is the most uninspiring blast of blubber I could possibly listen to. And trust me, I don't want to. I've been around a lot of new regimes and and uh, I think the frustrating part is it takes time to get everyone on the same page and once you get on the same page you get the thing rolling and it's churning and it's looks great and it's awesome and we're just we're right there but close doesn't count in this game and so it is frustrating I'm human you know going through that again like seeing you know where we were and we got a new regime and all this kind of stuff but but I believe in it I believe in Josh I believe in our staff uh, believe in our players. We got some good football players. We got good. We do some good things. We just didn't do enough good things today, and uh, it sucks. Uh, what our record is, we've earned that. Um, but I just keep reinforcing that we have a good team. I've been on some teams that aren't as good as this one, and and we're doing the right things. Just they made more plays than us at the end. It's not like they're getting blown out. It's not like they're getting embarrassed. And there's no team out there that's getting embarrassed every single week. There really isn't. Uh, you know, even the Texans, before they had gotten their first win, they weren't getting blown out. And the Raiders are in these games. They, they, yeah, it's a work in progress. And it's a shame when they have a win in hand and they blow it. Up 17 and they blow it. Chance to win late and they blow it. And you just have to process it and move on. But, you know, remember before the season, we said, Chris, look at the early season stretch for the Raiders. We're going to learn a lot about how quickly they can adapt to this new regime because they have tough games right out of the gates. And so far they've managed to win only one of them. tough games, tough loss last night, you know, blew the lead to the Cardinals with Kyler Murray, making some unbelievable plays there. Certainly, you know, they're, they are, they are close. They do have a favor. They got the bye week this week. They got a favorable schedule off after that to kind of maybe get back in the swing of things. The Texans, the saints, the Jaguars, the Colts, the Broncos, the Seahawks. So they're not out of this by any stretch of the imagination. They're not. There's a lot of good things they're doing. They are. 
You know, they're not a super talented football team. And, Mike, you know the one thing you keep hearing me talk about? And, hey, listen, I like the way Derek Carr's playing good. It's not easy. He's learning a new system that, you know, we've talked about. It's got a lot of, you know, it's a totally different way than anything he's been programmed before to handle on the offensive side of the ball. But the one thing I'll continue to lean on a little bit is just the fact, too, that, you know, I know everybody looks at the Raiders and go, well, they made the playoffs last year. They should be a playoff team again. No, it doesn't necessarily work like that. I know they got Devontae Adams. They want to play a totally different style than John Gruden and Gus Bradley defensive coordinator style of football. They do not have guys in there that really work for their scheme yet. So there's got to be a little bit of patience there too. You saw last night, John Gruden wanted to be three receivers, one tight end, and throw the ball all game. You know, Josh McDaniels wants to be New England. He wants to run the ball, dominate the line of scrimmage, run play action pass, be aggressive off the drop back pass game, do that. And then their defense is built on we want to be big and have big people up front and and have a real shutdown cover corner. And they got a defense of small guys who shoot gaps and we play zones because that's how they way they were built the last few years. So they need a little time. That was a really a phenomenal game plan last night by the Raiders. It really was on both sides of the football. And, you know, th- there's the Chiefs. That's why they're the damnedest things ever. They're the damnedest things ever, the Chiefs. I mean, they were really outplayed, outcoached, out of hit in the football game. And there we were going, they're down 17 nothing, and they just gutted out. And then all of a sudden we're there in the fourth quarter and you're going, man, they're, they're controlling the football game. You know, they were they were outplayed, out hit, out coached, everything, and they just still hang in there. And I think that's the amazing thing. So I guess I'm still saying there's light at the end of the tunnel for the Raiders, but it's just never easy to out the Chiefs. They're unbelievable, they're resilient, and they thrive on the big moment and the big play, and they just never die. They're they're really amazing to watch. Well, and really the the phantom call on Chris Jones sparked the Chiefs. It did, there's you're right. Commentary about that in the locker room. The Chiefs are that basketball team that is inevitably going to go on an 18-2 run. Josh Jacobs, 154 yards on 21 attempts, the long of 37, and a touchdown. Now, if you don't run the ball for a yard and a half with this guy at a crucial time in the game, then you're brainless. Then you're brain dead. Then you're not thinking. You're too excited. You can't handle the moment. Ugh. And let me just go over the big penalty of the game. Yes, the roughing the passer, which that fat idiot, I don't even know what his name, I, I can look it up, but I don't feel like it, landing on Derek Carr with all his body weight is roughing the passer by definition. Let's not confuse it with Tom Brady's little roughing the passer call or anyone else's for that matter because this was roughing the passer and the chiefs went crazy here's chris jones on uh, the sack on uh, Derek carr hey listen this is a christian like league man i'm afraid that i stay off the quarterback okay uh, i might have to pick him up and carry him Lay them down nowadays, man, you know. But, you know, the Ralph, I, I get it. it. It happened so fast, you know, and it kind of looked like that initially. But when you actually look at through the video and slow it down, you see I kind of braced. And the ref might have seen just a big 300-pound land on him. And I get it. I get it. I'm not saying the ref is wrong, but I'm just saying that those situations can affect the game tremendously. 
And Andy Reid was asked about it, and uh, Andy said, uh, I don't want to touch this. I don't want to get in trouble. Oh, I mean, I, I thought he had the ball. So, I mean, that's what I thought. But I, they get, that's their job. So they, they do that. He don't want to get fined. I'm worried we're going to get late in the season, postseason, and we're going to have something tainted by a call like this. It just, it's almost like the officials say, all right, you want us to call it, we're going to call it. And then there's no replay with this. And then they don't judge intent. Now, Troy Aikman said that last night. The officials said they don't judge intent. But you can't judge intent, though, right? No, I think it's difficult to do that. I do. But if you're a defensive player, and I've used this word before many, many times, they have neutered defenses. They don't know what to do. But these defensive players are like, well, where do I hit you? You're allowed to lower your helmet, but I can't. Wait, what happens? I got a small strike zone. If I get to you, can I hit you? Where do I hit you? How hard can I hit you? Can I land on you? Can I sling you to the ground? I mean, imagine how quick this game moves. And TV does not do it justice. When you're on the sidelines and you're watching in real time, and you're going to be thinking as you get to one of these quarterbacks, wait, uh, can I? I would just hold on to him. And there's going to be a moment this season, maybe in the postseason, where somebody holds on to a quarterback and he escapes. Right? Max Crosby did this to Mahomes last night. He just, he just held him. I'm just going to hold on and let's stay. This is like the Pro Bowl, but it's for quarterbacks. Let me just hug you. So when somebody says, oh, how many sacks did you have? No, we don't use that word. We, uh, we had two and a half hugs. The crowd went nuts. Andy Reid, I thought, was going to blow a vein. It was so bad. It was bad because they were getting their butts kicked one end to the other, and they were losing. That's why it was so bad. And hey, let's talk about class, shall we? Let's talk about the Chiefs fan, the all red, white, and red, and white, and yellow throwing beer cans and soda bottles at the Raiders team. Was there a mention of that by the two absolute succubus announcers on this game, which made me nauseated beyond belief? That's Joe. I want to suck up to every Chiefs fan. Buckamus. And Troy, I used to be a quarterback, and I act like I know something, but not really. I want to just follow Joe Buck's trail, Aikman. It was horrible announcing. And I don't really know when the profession of announcing has turned into such a glorious butt-kissing event. Because of the Chiefs and their darling fans, and their darling coach, and their winning record. We must just kiss their ass, because that's what it was like the entire game. And if you listen to it, if you saw it on TV, it was sickening. Matter of fact, for the Raider fan, it made it hard to watch, and I wish these guys would get it, 
Because impartiality, I mean, you can be a little impartial, but it was just bleeding condiment color. Getting back to the daunted penalty and the rage from the Kansas City condiment fans. After that play and after that call was halftime. And after halftime, out of our 11 penalties, I think there were probably eight penalties. And here was the glorious and most spectacular penalty, which was when the Chiefs were stuck having forcing a field goal, right? We would have won the game, of course. But we forced them to a field goal, our defense. There was a holding penalty on our team while they were kicking the field goal, which allowed them four more downs and an ability to score a touchdown. Now, I'm 65 years old, and I have never, ever, ever seen any other team get that penalty. Wait, we did before in 2015 by the same referee. After that penalty of roughing the passer, the referees just went to town and penalized us 11 times total for the game for 99 yards. Literally crushing the possibility of us beating the Chiefs at home. So, for all rights, we won this game on both sides of the ball. And if it wasn't for our coach, we would have walked out victorious. But we're not. We didn't. We're now 1-4. and four. The Chiefs overcame a 17-point deficit. Would you say this is more of a Chiefs comeback or Raiders collapse? Because I still don't know what this Raiders team is. Yeah, I would say comeback. This was impressive, right? Because, again, the Chiefs have been a different style offense than we're used to, right? Like, we're used to Tyreek Hill, big explosive plays, all those things. They don't really have that right now. They've been a run and kind of controlled offense to this point. Again, they ran the ball 37 times against Tampa Bay a week ago. So, that's where they want to be down 17 the way they came back and I'm telling you the Chris Jones thing for as bad a call as it was mm-hmm. uh, for the Chiefs that got them going and you saw Patrick Mahomes get fired up you saw Travis Kelsey get fired up and they began to answer the bell of wait a minute we're not gonna go quietly to the night right here we're gonna fight this thing off and play. So I give the Chiefs a ton of credit because I, here's what I honestly believe about the Raiders. They played as well as they can play. I don't like the call, but they played as well as they can, they can play with Josh Jacobs, with Devontae Adams. Their stars made plays. They just got outperformed in the last minute of the game, like our last four minutes of the game. That's frustrating because you can't play any better and you still didn't come up with the victory. So I think the Chiefs earned this one uh, not only or not just because of that one point I'm, discussion. I'm of the mindset that this is a Chiefs comeback as well. You're down 17 to nothing and you end up clawing your way back and winning this game. Yeah. But I will tell you where my focus lies is with the Las Vegas Raiders in this respect. I know they lost the game. I know they won in four. But I got to tell you, the way that they played last night overall in terms of their competitive fervor, combined with what we're seeing from the Los Angeles Chargers and the Denver Broncos, I'm looking at them, and they got a shot at second place, even at a 1-4 yeah. record. They got a shot at second place in the AFC West. Do I see it happening? No, but I do like 
what I saw from the last night. If that's the way they play the rest of this season with Devontae Adams hooking up with Derek Carr, with Josh Jacobs running for over 120 yards, right? If he's doing all of that, if those, and, and Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams not running into each other. Yeah, on the yeah. left. I mean, throw that out the bat. I mean, what a, yeah. That's just embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, to run awesome. into each other. Right. On a well, we have that's you shaking your head, players. and we have, we have you nodding, agreeing, and you're shaking your head, disagreeing. Because yeah, it's a collapse. Whenever you are up 17-0, and you know that the Kansas City Chiefs have the ability to strike back. Because so 17-0 yeah. in the National Football League, as you know, against Kansas City, that's nothing. Right. This is not a run-oriented football team. Yeah. They like to push the ball down the field. They like to dink and dunk, methodically move it. Mm-hmm. They got Travis Kelsey. They got some other weapons. When you're looking at it, it's a collapse because one of the things that they had an opportunity to do, as we just talked about, is yeah. tie the game up. They panicked. Yeah. It was like, sure, panic all the way down instead of saying to themselves, okay, we've got to continue to score. Mm-hmm. We can't sit at 17 and think that this is a team that can't score on offense. And when you look at uh, Josh McDaniels, you say to yourself, "What? how are you coaching? How are you coaching? Yes, you hit some shots to Devontae Adams. He only had three catches in the game. That's it right. wasn't like he was right. feeding him. Exactly. Right. It wasn't, only, you wasn't only feeding him. And only targeted seven and times. And only targeted seven times. But when Stephen A. said they can still finish second in the division. Oh, no, 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 no. This is a wrap. The second place, the Chargers got their wrap. I believe they will, too. Denver's, not, Denver's, not, a, Denver's not a good football team. I'm just team. saying they got a chance because of Brandon Steele and some of the decisions that he's made. Well, he, he makes some bold decisions, right. got, too. Bold exactly. exactly. He can, he he can blow a couple of games for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, he can't. Let me say this about the Raiders because this needs to be said the last two weeks the style of play for the Raiders that's that's their identity that's who they that's are. who they need to be and here's the thing they the, the, the halftime flip right where the where the Chiefs kick the 59 yarder and then come back out and score a touchdown right they, that that you go through situational football and nobody wants something that's real football that's how t- that's how games are won and lost the defense has got to stop. You can't give up points at the end of the half. And then dang sure you can't give up a touchdown coming out of the break. Those two things cost the Raiders. Defense played pretty good, man. The defense held these guys. There was a few times last night where I, I did go, ooh. You know, the Raiders got away with playing some man-to-man coverage. I think about as much man-to-man coverage, and early in the game we're blitzing and playing man-to-man to where I go, I don't know if they could do all that if Tyree kills there. I don't know if they could. Uh, th- that might have been something that to look out for for in the future here about what teams do with the, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Maybe there is going to be an element of a little less fear of playing man-to-man. Maybe the Raiders kind of cracked that code last night. I'm going to be interested to see because there was a lot of plays, Mike, where it was man-to-man and they looked like they had an extra guy or two in the middle kind of going, we're looking for Kelsey or a crosser or, hey, you're man-to-man on Kelsey. You got him on the – if he breaks outside, I got to, got him if he comes in here. And then there was nobody else to scare them and get open down the field that way too. Just something to look out for that, that certainly jumped out to me last night because, you know, again, we, we watched that game. There wasn't many deep shots down the football field for the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, that's different watching them play this style of football. And here's the reality. Five games in post-Tyree kill, this is when enough film is, is accumulated. That's to right, too. Really do a right. deep dive and scout and what works and what doesn't, and it's incumbent on the Chiefs to self-scout themselves and stay ahead. The offense did very well by scoring points, but you know what? I'm telling you, third and a yard and a half and you pass the ball on the next, that third and fourth down, you don't deserve 
to have this team and be in charge of it because McDaniels, you are an idiot. And that is all I have to say about that. We are the Texans, the Houston Texans, big Texas skies, big Texas pride. Go Texans, go, and we'll fight, fight like Texans. Hail to the Toro, the red, white, and blue. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. All right, Ritter Nation, our next game after this bye, of course, will be with the Houston Texans. We'll hit that in a second. But I want to just go over the next five opponents. The Texans are 1-3. and three. Uh, New Orleans hasn't beaten anybody up. Jacksonville Jaguars just lost to the Texans. The Colts actually beat the Chiefs, but they're floundering as well. And then, of course, uh, we'll have the Broncos in Denver. And then the Seahawks. So that's kind of our stretch of our next games, which... You know, we should be able to win. Look, this is a challenge for Josh McDaniels yep. going into the bye. Yep. Hit the reset button. Forget about what our record is. We got a long way to go. We got 12 games left. We, we, we just have to focus on the next one and the next one and the next one. Because when one and four becomes two and four becomes three and four, if they yes. can just win two in a exactly row. Exactly right. It's, it's a different vibe. It's a different feeling. There's always that team that's around 500 at Thanksgiving that finds a way to keep it going. So the urgency that comes out of this, and this is the, this is part of the skill of coaching. How do you motivate your guys based upon whatever it is that happened? How do you motivate them if you win? How do you motivate them if you lose? How do you motivate them if you lose by one point? How do you motivate them if, you, if you, they lose by 50 points? What do you do to get them to move on to the next task? And uh, they, have, they may have to move on to the next task without Devontae Adams, depending upon what the league office does. But either way, they have shown that they're good enough to win football games. They they just have to, they have to win more than one out of every five. No, no, it's exactly right. But I think we're you know again we've we've seen positives and you know the schedule like you said is tough early on. I I wouldn't be shocked if we sat here a month from now and went hey look at the Raiders they're four and four they're five and four they've rebounded. Uh, I, I would not be shocked. You know, again, it's it's a lot of things they're getting used to there uh, in Las Vegas right now, and it's it's not necessarily that easy. And you, like you said, it is a tough schedule for sure. So the season's not over, and with that extra set, you know, seventeenth game, it does change the dynamic of being down one and four or being one and four. Doesn't seem as desperate. So I, I'm not counting them out yet. I'm not certainly not, and especially with the way they looked last night. Again, that's a special football team. They're good. They're really good. They're on a mission. I'm just, I'm horrified. I'm horrified. I'm horrified about this this season. I'm just, I'm horrified. I'm horrified with the way this team has been squandered by our idiot coach. I guess he just has to learn football all over again. I don't know why. I hope the fix for the Vegas Raiders is just to get healthy 
in the bye week, come back with a right mind and a right body, and that there are still 12 more regular season games to be played. I'm genuinely concerned that the Raiders are not going to win this division. I do believe, though, they still have a chance to make the playoffs. I'm not going to jump ship on that. They have too many good players, and they just have to eliminate the mistakes and get their minds right. I'm genuinely concerned their minds are still not right. But you look at the Raiders' schedule here, and moving forward, the Las Vegas Raiders coming off of their bye, their home for Houston at New Orleans, at Jacksonville, home for Indianapolis, at Denver, and then at Seattle. Let's put together a nice little win streak, Raiders. It's possible. It is entirely possible. Well, they could win the next six in a row after the bye week. Why not? <sighs> they make too many mistakes. I'm totally concerned about that. Then they have to win the game against the Chargers at home because the Chargers have already beaten them once, and they got to beat a Rams team that I'm imagining is going to be much better. You know, that's a Thursday night game or a, a quick turnaround for them after they play. You know, see, after they play um, the Chargers at home, um, I, 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 I just. You know, like I said, they make way too many mistakes on the offensive line, and they need to play mistake-free football to beat a top-notch team. So the Texans are 1-3-1. and one. You know, they're also squandering their season away, but they don't have a tenth of the talent that we have. Davis Mills, their quarterback, has been playing not so good, and everybody wants his head because he can't get the ball out. He's a horrible expectation. Evidently, they thought he was going to be a great pickup in the first round, but Davis Mills ain't playing so good. Damian Pierce is their running back, not so good as well. Let's just say the Texans are lacking. Brandon Cooks is their wide receiver, number one, and Nico Collins is their wide receiver, number two. Brevin Jordan is... And Laramie Tunsil, oh, Laramie Tunsil is one of their linemen, which is really good. But Brevin Jordan, Nico Nico Collins, and Brandon Cooks, nothing to write home about, especially when you have a quarterback that cannot get you the football. So they'll be running the game, running most of the game. And uh, their defense is nothing to write home about either. I mean, I don't know what the point spread will be. I'm sure it'll be something insulting, but they're coming to our house, which is kind of nice. And uh, we should be able to beat them. I would hope considering our offense and defense, both is by far leaps and bounds better than they are. Um, But I expect to win. I expected to win last week, but I just don't know. (laughs) I just don't know. I don't know. It depends on our coach and his analytical analyticalness. Because, you know, it's just, (laughs) it's tough to watch. And I know we can beat these guys at home. You know, I'd give it a full touchdown. I'd give it seven points, six and a half at least for us to win. But goodness gracious, who knows who's going to show up and put this team together and put the plays together and the playbook together. And these guys, 
the attack against the Texans, I just don't know. I know if we had a decent coach, I'd say, yeah, we're going to win. We're going to win easily, but I just don't know. And actually, I don't know about the Saints. I don't know about the Jaguars. I don't know about the Colts. Because I don't know about our coach. And I hate to be harping on it because I have been since he started. Giving him a chance, thinking he, he might get it done. But so far, shows me nothing. And he might show you something. I hope so. And if he does, please call me in and enlighten me because I need to see it. I really need to see it. And I need someone to explain it to me. So if you really like McDougal's, give me a call. Call up the bone line. Let us know why he's the guy. Because I've been hearing since the season started from many, many Raider fans that we got to give him a chance. He's almost there. The team's going to turn around. We've almost got it. Well, you know what? Almost isn't on the scoreboard. Almost doesn't keep your team playing at their best. Almost certainly doesn't inspire young men to play hard in the short amount of time that they have to play this game. And so, Mark Davis, if you're listening, which I doubt, but if you are, consider really Digging deep, bro. Dig on there deep and get yourself a winner of a coach. I like our GM. I think he's doing a great job. He's giving us some decent players. Our coach, not so much. And one last point on the Raiders. I think 10-7 and seven is realistic looking at the rest of their schedule because there's only three games left where I say they're probably screwed. And, and one of them is the Rams. And who knows about that one? Uh-huh. Because when the, when the Raiders go back to L.A., that's another home game. So I, maybe there's only two more games where I say they're possibly screwed, and that's the last two games of the year, both at home, 49ers and Chiefs. All the other games are winnable. And anytime I say every game is winnable, I, my point is you're looking at saying this is a game they could win and maybe should win. And maybe based upon what we've seen through five weeks, even though they're one in four, maybe they will win a lot of these games and pull their way back into it. So I think we'll beat the Texans. That's about all I have to say. I don't I don't think it's going to be a problem. However, like I said, you never know. Especially with this coach, you certainly cannot come close to guessing that we will win. And that is all I have to say about that. All right, 1-800-620-7181, 1-800-620-7181. Get on the bone line. Share us your bones about this team and this coach and the staff and whatever else that you are thinking about Raider-wise. We'd love to hear it. We'd love the fans to hear it. And no, you don't have to hit subscribe. And no, you don't have to ding-a-dong or, or sing a song or spin a wheel or take a shot or anything else that the other podcasts are doing all you need to know is we've been around for just a bit 18 seasons i believe so i think we deserve just a little bit 
<laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. But I do know I love the Raider Nation. So get on the bone line because, well, it's the best thing. All right, Raider Nation. The first part of the bone line is a compilation of Raider fans calling in about our 600 show. Randy put it together as he does. He always puts it together for sure. And it's just a bunch of guys talking about how they appreciate the show. And I just wanted to let this run. And then uh, at the end, make a short comment, I guess. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Damien, out here in Comal County, South Texas. Hey, I am actually not calling about the Raiders. I am calling uh, about you two. I wanted to say congratulations on show 600. Um, gosh, I just every time you do one of these anniversary shows, you know, I'm thinking to myself, when did I pick this podcast up? And, and I know it was somewhere around show 100 because, you know, like a lot of people, you know, I mean, I was living in California up in the foothills and I never got any Raider news. You know, the only thing I heard about was the 49ers and, you know, so searching around, you know, found the, the podcast, and I've been here ever since. And, and I uh, just wanted to call and thank both of you for 600 shows. Um, I appreciate uh, each and every one of them because God knows that they've, uh, you know, talked me off of a few ledges, uh, um, especially as of late. Um, but one way or the other, you know, I know it takes a lot of work to put these shows together, and Randy does a lot with the you know, the audio and the sound engineering and all of that other stuff. And Greg, you know, doing all of his homework on, you know, what's going on with trades and all of these other things. So I just, like I said, wanted to call and thank you both for 600 awesome shows. And, uh, you know, who knows, maybe I'll be, uh, you know, calling back about show 1200, you know, after another 600 more. Greg, Randy, thank you, brothers. I appreciate you both. Raider Nation, I'm out. Hey, congratulations, uh, Rachel Greg, Rachel Randy, for 600 podcasts. That um, is an amazing amount, and also amazing amount of time uh, on production and post-production, uh, maybe years of work. So I just want to call to thank you and congratulate uh, all the teams that make possible. Go Raiders, as always. Hey, Rachel Randy. I was calling back up. This is uh, the Blue Mini Raider, BLU. Last time we talked was back in 2010. I was out in Colorado that time. Not in Colorado anymore, but back in Cali. Congratulations on your 600. Been listening since then. You were my go-to when I left California. And all I had to deal with was donkey news, left and right and stuff like that. Actually, my son is a donkey fan. <laughs> but, hey, I raised him right. But, hey, stick to your team, man. Do what you do. What you do. And, um... Me and my son go back and forth through all these years with Peyton Manning, Chivo, who do you want to, who do you want to mention? Elway, obviously, and all your stuff. But um, I've been listening to the podcast, like I said, since back uh, 2007, 2008. Congratulations, 600. Very great. And Ray Randy. Um, I appreciate the show. Keep it going. God bless. Also, your family, both of you. And, and yeah, just, just keep it going strong. This is the Blue Meanie Raider. And I'm out. What's happening, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation? 
This is uh, Raider Colin out in Pleasanton. Man, I just want to say uh, thank you, first off. Just, you know, listen to that uh, the 600th episode and just listen to 601, thinking about how uh, you've impacted me. First started listening, I was living out in Florida and then went, lived in Brazil for a couple of years. I still had the Raider Nation podcast with me through this time. And uh, it's great what you do. You know, I moved back to now I live in Pleasanton, California. thought I was going to be closer to the team than it was for a little while, but, uh, you know, they, they got away from me. Um, so now I'm, I'm back on the outside looking in, just like I was when I lived in Florida and, and Brazil. But the whole time you've been there, um, you and Randy doing your thing, making, uh, you know, helping, helping me as a fan, um, you know, be connected and understand and listen to the other callers. It's, it's amazing. So thank you guys for what you do. And uh, let's do some big things, Raiders. What's up, Raider Craig, Raider Randy, Raider Nation? This is Raider Nate from deep up in the valley, Fresno. Just listen to the uh, 600th podcast. Wow, 600th Raider Nation podcast, longest-running professional sports podcast. And nice... As always, you guys did a great job. Took a little trip down down the dark ages with uh, Jakarkis. Oh, man, I think that's when I might uh, have discovered the podcast and uh, started hearing that therapy. But congrats on the 600th episode. Man, I'm looking forward to many more. Thank you guys again. And uh, it makes it even sweeter coming off that nice uh, victory over the donkeys. That one's for you, Raider Greg. Hopefully we can rally. Let's try to just keep it moving, going to the bye. Congrats again on the 600th episode, man. All the callers that you were playing, man, that was just, uh, that was epic, man. That was just, uh, yeah, blast from the past, man. Ready and made, go write us, man. Let's do, let's do this, man. I'm out. Well, first, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for putting up with me and my boneheadedness. And uh, Randy's always been awesome from the very beginning. Um, we both thank you very much, those who called in, those who didn't, those who listened to the show. We appreciate it very much. Um, I know there's people that have been out there for a very long time. And without you guys calling the bone line, the show would be dead. It'd be nothing because it's the fans that make the difference. I've always said so, and I've always believed it. That's why I started the show to begin with, because I'm a fan. And so is Randy. So it's the fans talking about our team, and it's epic, and I love it. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to our show. We truly do. All right, the first caller of this show is Raider Marcus, and he has a great story. I love it. Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is Raider Marcus calling from beautiful Pacific Northwest up here on Whidbey Island. And boy, do I have a story to share with you and the nation. So let me just start out with a little story how I met my now wife back in middle school. When I first met her, all she was wearing was a Chicago Bulls jersey or jacket, right? And I was always donning my silver and black. And I asked her, hey, do you have an NFL team? She's like, no. Not really, no. I'm like, okay. Well, maybe you should look at them Lakers because uh, the Bulls going to suck once Jordan's gone. So anyways, me and her, we date for a whole year. We watched 
entire NFL season. She's not rooting for anybody, no nothing, so no alarms are going off or anything. And then she calls me one day and asks me if I want to go to her older brother's house for a barbecue and watch some football. I was like, well, it depends. Is that football game going to include the Raiders playing the Broncos? Because if it's not, I can't go. And she's like, let me call you back. So she called me back about two hours later. I'm like, what took so long? She's like, oh, I was just talking to my brother. It's all good. And, yes, he will make sure your game is on the TV. He has multiple TVs. You're good. I'm like, all right. So we go to his house. We roll up on the scene, and there's like 20 cars deep. And I'm noticing all these Bronco emblems on trucks and cars. I'm like, what is this? She's like, well, my brother's got a lot of friends. It's all right. It's all right. I'm like, all right. Okay. So we ring the doorbell. Her brother answers the door. And this motherfucker's wearing a John Elway jersey with the 16-foot motherfucking Denver Bronco flag hanging an entryway. I turn back to look at my wife. I'm like, what the hell? And she's taking her jacket off. And she's wearing a Bronco jersey. And I'm like, oh, hell no. What the fuck is going on? Am I dreaming? Oh, my God. And he extended his hand and was like, welcome to my house, brother. Have a beer on me. And, yes, I do have another Raider fan here. You guys can sit in the corner, sip on your beer. I got some tissue for you guys because we're going to be kicking your butt. And I'm like, oh, hell to the no. Um, just make sure that the game's on front and center, and I pray to God you know how to barbecue, all right? So long story short, relationships blossom, and here we are 25 years later, and every single Raider Bronco game, either I fly to Cali or he flies up here or we're on the phone, speakerphone, talking noise, and when I seen this last off-season transactions, I was like, yes, this is my gift back. So, yes, I did spend my hard-earned money on these tickets to buy me and my my brother, who are diehard Raider fans, tickets, and four Bronco tickets for my wife, for her brother, for his brother's wife, and for her brother's son to come to Vegas, get an Airbnb, enjoy this time, right? And, oh, what a beautiful day it was because I got to say, first down, Raiders, 25 motherfucking times. And that will go down in history. And let me tell you, he knew how much money I was dropping on this. I needed this. I don't give a shit if we never win a game again because this means everything to me. Thank you, Raiders, for not letting me down. And let me tell you, the day after the game, we went to the restaurant to get some breakfast, and he actually got the bill. And he was like, hey, Marcus, I know how much you spent on this. Let me get this bill. And I was like, all right, all right, I guess. And I still tried to beat him to the cash register, but he got it. And all I could say, he was like, Marcus, this was amazing. This is exactly what we needed. And I'm like, yep, it sure was. But I just wanted to end it with, regardless of who you root for, it's all about coming together as a family and enjoying the NFL together, right? And on that note, 
I'm out. Yeah, brother, I think you got it. I think football's always been about family, even from way back, especially then. It's a little corporate now. It's way more expensive, way too expensive, and Marcus, you dropped serious coin on this game. But really, it's the family dynamic. It's the different teams in the family. It's the rivalries between them that really bring some entertainment. That's the true entertainment of this game. I believe, you know, my family went to 14 seasons there in Oakland before they left. And we really uh, had birthdays, holidays, Christmases. I mean, it was a focal point of our life for a long time. So, Marcus, I appreciate the story. Certainly understand it. And I think most Raider fans do, my good brother. Thank you for the call. And our next caller is Gun Show Raider. (laughs) I love it. What's up, good brother? First of all, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, I didn't realize how long I've been actually listening to you guys. This is uh, Gun Show Raider. I called in once before a long time ago. I've been listening to you guys for 13 years. Let me get to it. Why would we go for it? A two-point conversion with four-plus minutes left in the game. We would be going into overtime as we speak right now. The argument is is that the defense wasn't stopping anybody. Well, if the defense wasn't stopping anybody, what difference would it make? This, to me, I think the players played hard. Um, This is not a Derek Carr thing. Uh, I mean, I I think we played well enough to win this damn game or at least have a shot in overtime. I'm over it, man. This, I mean, this guy just is making the dumbest calls. I I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. I could get anybody to make anything. I'm just frustrated with this horse shit. Pardon me. Anyway, um, also still listening to you guys. I'm just going to try to contribute a little bit, let you know how pissed off I am for the rest of the season. Hopefully it turns around, but I'm with you guys on this. This dude doesn't know how to coach, man. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. Gun show Raider out. Well, my good brother... I'm not going to argue with you. That was one of many calls that I think were certainly questionable. And his post-game press conference is just hard to listen to. (laughs) Appreciate the call and the comments, brother, very, very much. And our next caller is the Prez. I love this guy. He's always dynamic, and he's got some wise words. What do you got for us, brother? Raider Nation, this is the press. Well, you know, um, I felt bad at first because I know uh, the last time I had the podcast on Raider Greg had I asked the question, why was I not sounding animated? And there you have it, because I was afraid that if, if um, you know, I get too excited and too happy, you know, there we go. This coach needs to go. Can't blame it on Carr. You know, he, he gave the old try, so I can't badmouth him. I still cannot phantom to ask the question. Jacobs was fucking an animal all day and you chose to throw the ball. Who the hell is calling these damn plays? Where did we get these guys from? And, you know, um, Raider Nation, if I could just impose if I will, 
and I don't want to sound bad because I can't tell nobody what to do. I would really hate to see people lose their hard-earned money with these expensive trips, only to be disappointed. Indeed, we did put up a good fight. I give them that much right there, though. But once again, we unanswered 17 points for them to come back and win. It's almost like the damn Arizona game again. And I know, you know, um, you know, and Waller, he's out. And Foster, we still had the number one wide receiver in the league or whatnot. And I saw the crash, you know, crap happens, though, but still this dumbass call. Me personally, why didn't you just kick the damn field goal, dude? We've been tied up and going over time and banned it out that way. It was just um, it's poor coaching. Coaching. At the end of the day, we can definitely say we don't have a coach. Yeah, we might as well just have kept the godfather, uh, whatever they call the guy with the silver and black um, beard or whatnot, you know, because it's the same result. Can't be no worse, right? So uh, I'm about to go and go to work and get on the boat and stuff like that. I got here early, so I wouldn't have to rush. And I mean, I'm severely pissed off because I could have stayed and I got here early so I can watch the TV and the game and all this stuff like that, though. It is what it is. And hold on, Raider. Hold on, Raider Nation. I mean, you know, it's bleak. It's not going to get no easier. Now, when we come back off that bye, that's a chance, you know, that little four little weak stretch, we might hopefully can do something, though. But you got to see the Chargers again. You got to see Kansas City again. And, you know, um, it is what it is. We can't keep making these dumb mistakes. We um, are in for a fight. And we are in for a very interesting, serious season. But if I were you, and if you can, because of the holidays is here, just hold your money and watch the home on TV. I hate to see you lose out on your big bucks from spending, you know. And I know that sounds salty or whatever, but I'm just telling the truth. Okay, Ready Nation, yes, this is the very down and pissed up, pissed off prayers. I can't even get my words out. That's how mad I am, though. But these type of things happen. Stupid-ass coach couldn't make a decision to kick the damn ball. Jacobs gave the old try, and so did Carr, you know, but our secondary just sucked. Where the hell was they at? Just let Kelsey just have his way with them. Damn it, man. Take care of Raider Nation. Out. That would be Passaccia. <laughs> yeah, he coached his team a lot better than this bonehead. That is a fact. Well, you know, I understand that too, brother, but, you know, when people make these trips and pay for these tickets they do it way in advance especially this year people did it thinking we would really have a good season well here we are we're where we are and if you did make purchase tickets well go see the game go to a tailgate have a good time vegas is fun um but don't expect a whole lot from this coach and uh that's about all i'm going to say Because I think you said it all, brother. Thanks for the call again, man. Don't work too hard. And our next caller is the Carson Raider. What do you got for us, my good Raider brother? What's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy? It's the Carson Raider from Carson, California. Man, I'm pissed. Oh, my goodness, man. It's just a disrespect. And the way that we lost. Kansas City looks at us like we're peasants. They circle their calendars with three bye weeks. 
one that the NFL automatically gives you, and two for the Raiders. You see the way Kermit the Frog and Chief Walrus looks at us, right? Almost like, God, I have to play these guys. I even have to drag myself out of bed to get this easy victory. It's almost like they treat us like the little kid who's not tall enough to ride the freaking roller coaster. Grow up, and then we'll talk. My goodness, man, it's just a disrespect, the way that they see us, the smirk on their faces. And the refs are scared of freaking Chief Walrus. We did finally get a call to go with us, and, you know, it was absolutely a fumble with, I don't know what the defensive player name was. But Chief Walrus is freaking pissed. He's like, all right, well, why, 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 you, why you didn't call out there? You know who I am. I'm a Super Bowl traveler. Uh, it's the Raiders. Uh, you know, the refs are freaking scared of this guy. And they're like, oh, we're sorry, Chief Wallace. We, 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 we'll call. We'll, call uh, we'll make sure to get a holding call on a field goal. And we'll make sure to get a wolf in the past. Oh, just to please your mightiness, Chief Wallace. Oh, yeah, that sounds better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get those calls. Are you kidding me? A freaking holding call on the field go block. You seriously kidding me, right? It's the least. It's like, dude, nobody cares about what happens to a freaking field goal kick. And Coach McDaddy is just freaking. Why would you go for it? Why? I'm sorry. Why do you go for two points in that occasion? Explain to me. Why would you go for two points? You know, freaking Kermit the Frog is going to score or he's going to get rid of the clock. And there's only three scenarios there. Either Kermit the Frog scores, which most likely he does. That's like an 80% chance because this guy just knows how to read us. Like, (laughs) it's crazy. Second scenario, he kills the time clock, right? Okay. And third, we actually have a 1% chance of stopping him, which we did. But guess what? We were down one point. So that if we make freaking doofus doesn't go for it, at least we're tied up, even if we were to fail after our 1% damn chance. I get the risks that you have to take against as good of a team as Kansas City. Kansas City. Let me freaking clarify. But that fourth and one with the first TD was absolutely perfect. You have to score on every position. You just have to. But that was an unnecessary risk. This guy just, oh, my God. And then on top of that, we can't even lose like normal, huh? We have to look like the freaking three stooges at the end of the damn game. For all America to see and say, typical Raiders. You know, all my friends freaking text me. You get me? And then, you know, with text like, hey, man, there's always next century. God, man, I just feel, I just feel so pissed off. I can't. I'm sorry, man. I just needed this to vent out, man. Anyways, Raider Nation, love you guys. I'm out. I am so glad that you went on a rant because you're ranting for all of us. Because what you said was exactly what I felt. Appreciate the call always, brother. Thank you. And our next caller is Raider CEO Pride. He's from Tennessee. Love this guy. Great Raider fan. And uh, I like what he has to say. What's up, brother? It's Raider CEO Pride. 
just just one thing. I've just listened to all these damn uh, press conferences after the game. Why is Devontae Adams the only person that seems pissed off about losing these damn games? Why is he the only one that seems like he's angry about having only one win in the season? That's not okay with me, but that's not acceptable. Just win, baby. Regulation for life. I agree. I mean, the players kind of got a, a slim window to talk and complain, but uh, he's pissed. He should be. Carr should be pissed. The coach should be really pissed at himself. But that's not the tone that this management coach team has on, on this whole organization. It's pathetic. I agree. And our next caller from Richmond, Virginia, the RVA Raider is in the house. Raider Nation, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is Raider Trip, the RVA Raider, calling at you from Richmond, Virginia. Guys, I just wanted to thank you for the 600th episode. I know that you put a lot of work into the podcast, something that I think Raider Nation really appreciates as a whole. It's uh, just a, a great outlet to call and get the bones out. You know, it's a great way to participate and what's going on in the media aspect of our team. Anyways, with the game last night, the loss to the Chiefs, heartbreaker. Got to say that uh, I turned the game off in the third quarter after – um, the Chiefs went down by three because it was clear to me at that point that we were going to lose that game. I could just see the look in Carr's eyes. You know, really, I think we probably lost that game in the second quarter when we were up 14 nothing, and it was fourth and one on the Chiefs' side of the field. Really, I don't know why we didn't go for that. I mean, the only way you're going to beat that team is if you don't take your foot off of their neck and lining up to run for it and pick up that first down, man, I was so excited. And then they called the timeout and I knew what McDougal's was going to do, man. And they came back up and lined up for that field goal. And, you know, that was the first indication that I was a little bit worried right there, but yeah, you know, glad I went to bed when I did cause it was already getting kind of late and I wake up early. So I was surprised that we didn't lose by more, to tell you the truth. So I didn't really see a whole lot of the second half, but not getting any touchdowns in the second half is a bunch of BS. I saw I scored nine points. So, you know, field goals, that's the reason you lose that game. But, hey, I don't feel bad going to bed and getting a little sleep. Like we've been saying all season long, this team ain't worth losing sleep over. Even the owner, Mo Davis, has better things to do sometimes to watch this team. Like, go watch a competent franchise like his WNBA team win a championship. He missed the Arizona game for that. And, hey, I don't hate on him for it because we all got better things to do sometimes than watch this bunch of lovable losers blow away 17-point leads, 20-point leads. You know, I'm going to love them. But what can you say to a team that keeps blowing away leads like that? But at least there's some silver ass for the silver linings, man. That guy, Mad Max Crosby, is an animal, just an absolute beast. And it was fun watching Josh Jacobs run while he did. Anyways, Raider Nation, keep your heads up. 
no point in getting down about this because this is just a bunch of the same old, same old from these lovable losers. And all you can do at a bunch of clowns is laugh at them. Peace out, Raider Nation. Till next time, this is the RBA Raider. Well, I think that uh, they're not losers. I think the team is great. I think this is the best roster we've had in over a decade. I think the only problem with this whole setup is the bonehead that runs it, the coach. You know, I think if if Mark Davis would wake up and see what's really happening here and then just pay this guy and send him packing because he doesn't deserve to run the Raiders. He is losing because he's dumb. And as far as I'm concerned, this is not an OJT job. You don't learn how to coach here in Oakland. Excuse me, Las Vegas. With a new stadium and a new look and a new vibe. And the team is doing great. But our coach is just so, he's such a mealy-mouthed, white toast. (laughs) I can't even go on any further. He's a bad coach. And that's why... We're losing. And Max Crosby, the shining light in this team, just had a baby girl. Congratulations, Mad Max, on being a dad. What a great thing. What a moment of joy for you. Forget the game. Forget the team. Forget everything else. Because that, my friend, is far more important than football, without a doubt. Appreciate the call, brother. And our next caller is Ruben. From North Carolina, what do you got for us, my good Raider brother? What's up, Raider Nation, Raider Greg? This is from North Carolina calling in. No loss to the condiments. There's plenty of blame to go around on this loss. You know, um, I'm looking to go for a two-point conversion. I know analytics says, you know, to go for a two-point conversion. I'm always on the side of gut feeling. And my gut feeling would have gone for uh, tie. And, you know, if they, if the Chiefs score a touchdown, so be it. If they score a field goal, so be it. But, you know, at least you look in the game on a bonehead play like Renfro and Ames running to each other, which I, I don't understand why those two guys were. Well, I kind of understand it, but at the same time, how do you run into your, your teammate when you're trying to make a cut on your route? But anyways, you know, like I said, there's plenty of blame to go around. 17-point uh, lead, we lost again. You know, we can't hold a lead to save our lives. It's, it's amazing how this team, you know, starts off hot and then ends up in the game the way we've been doing this season. Makes a little sense. That's on the coaching staff. Um, and there's plenty of blame on the offense, too. You know, not converting the third downs they needed to convert. Um, their card not making the, 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 the throws that he needed to make. Um, and truth be told, and I'm not trying to put all the blame on Carr, but he still needs to work on his pocket presence and ball security. And it went for that rule change over, over the weekend about roughing the passer. That would have been a sack fumble. And even though, you know, the refs are calling the game like it is, 
regardless, um, he needs to be a little bit better with the ball control and ball security and, and pocket presence. You know, with pocket flashing, they're not at it. Um, you know, defense, when you have a point lead, you got to be able to make some stops and hold, hold the Chiefs to, um, you know, or anybody, any team, you know, and and another part of this call is that everybody's always talking about, you know, weapons on offense, Derek Cardinals, this, Derek Cardinals, that. I've always started the conversation saying, when's Max Crosby going to get some help? Yeah, we had Yacht and got and got great last year, and that, you know, I got to the playoffs, but he needs more help than, than another edge rusher. He needs some help up the middle. He needs ball hawk safeties. It is locked down corners. You know, what, the guy is tied for, for lead and sacks in the league. When is the conversation going to start where we start screaming for Max Crosby to get some help on defense? You know, we're always talking about the offense. Derek Carter is going to put up his numbers, you know, no matter who's there. But unless this defense can clamp down and hold the lead and get the Key plays. This team isn't going anywhere. Um, I know my criticism has been a lot of car in the past, but it, it, that my criticism is still there. And so I, you know, I start seeing the results and start start playing like we did in 2016. But this defense, come on, this is getting ridiculous. Um, this, like I said at the beginning of my call, is plenty of blame to go around, and. Um, out to the next game. It sucks, you know. I was at my uh, daughter's um, game jamboree last night. There was a Chiefs fan walking around. He got good names in the eye, which is kind of funny that, you know, as fans, we kind of do that kind of stuff. But um, I don't know. I think the autumn wind is coming. Uh, I think I feel like you know, we're going to be getting some wins here soon. Um, yeah, you know, trying to stay positive. Well, I love that call too, man. Nice way to put it. Plenty of blame to go around. Yeah, I think, man, I don't think uh, our defensive line is all that. I think our interior line needs to improve a lot. You know, if we had one or two really good interior linemen with Max having six sacks this year, you know, we'd really be putting the heat on teams. And our offense wouldn't have to score as much, but uh, they need to score, period. You know, and this is the first time I'm going to say this, and I just want to say it now because it's come to mind. Derek Carr has got a tired arm, finally, nine seasons. Nine seasons, and he's really having a hard time getting the ball there. It's hard for me to see, but I see it. I see that he's under-throwing a little bit. Maybe he's trying to, to get the penalty. I don't know. But uh, his noodle arm's getting a little noodly for me. Uh, I think if he had a little more oomph, uh, Devontae Adams would be doing a lot more, a lot more work. That's my two cents. Uh, of course, you know how I feel about Bonehead, the coach. I don't need to say much more about that. Appreciate the call and the dynamics, brother. Our next caller, my good brother, been calling a long time. 
and I appreciate that very much. That's Raiders Chris from Scranton, PA. What is up? I know you're pissed. Raider Nation, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, now that I'm sobered up, we are 1-4 and four going into the bye week. We were up 17 to nothing. We're not blaming this on Derek Carr. We're not blaming this on Devontae Adams. Hell, we're not even blaming this on Darren Waller not even being out there. We're putting this right on coaching. Because guess what? He is killing this team. We were a playoff team a year ago against all odds. And we improved this roster from last year. And what are we doing? Blowing leads. 20 to nothing. 17 nothing. Watching Kelsey last night single-handedly just beating us. Mahomes didn't look great. Max Crosby in the face of Mahomes. Chandler Jones showing up. The holding call on Koontz, bogus bullshit call. And we can't finish games. This is on coaching. Point blank, bottom line. One and four, worst team in the league. Raider Nation, that's all I got. I'm not like the fat girl in dodgeball. Well, my good brother, you must have been reading my mind because that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, Chandler Jones did show up this game. Big time, made a big effect. Uh, kept Mahomey from getting away. Yeah, you know, a lot of blame. But I'm going to tell you, coaching, even on the defensive side of the ball, how do you let Kelsey open for, what do you have, four touchdowns? I mean, how does that happen? And he was wide open. It's not like there's someone on him. He was like standing around on his own. I don't get it. And certainly not going to get it from here. But one and four pretty much makes a statement, bro. Thank you for the call. And our next caller, the cheese head. Raider. He's in the house. What's up, brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is the Cheesehead Raider calling from Wisconsin. And damn, that's all I can say. Uh, what a game uh, first. Uh, fought hard, fought long. I thought we fought a lot of controversy um, on this game. First of all, I'm, I bleed silver and black. I'm all about the nation, Raider Nation for life. Um, that sack, um, that was rough in the passer. I mean, he clearly, you look at his legs, they were extended off the ground. Yeah, he put his arm out there, but how does one arm stop 320 pounds? I, I thought that was a, a perfectly fine call, but a good call. The Devontae Adams uh, call, he wasn't in bounds and had possession of the ball. Uh, I, I you know he was still moving it. He had his foot down, tapped the toe but he still didn't have possession. He was moving the ball around. Uh, I'm going to call it how it is. My question is, why, when Josh Jacobs, again, having a game of his life, and I'll repeat this from last week, give that man an extension, third and one, 
hostile environment. You're in Kansas City. You're you just beat the Broncos the week before. So you're one in three. Third and one. Why are you not running Josh Jacobs? Let's say, well, everybody uh, was expecting it. Okay. So now you've got fourth and one to run it again. I don't I I'm an aggressive person and I love throwing the ball down the field, sticking your foot down the throat of your opponent, but you also have to understand the situation and where you're at to win that game and then to go into the bye and then we go to or play Houston, uh, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, the Saints, not in that order. That would be such a momentum lifter. Darren Waller's not on the field, so now their defense can only, has to only focus really on two people. Um, just thought some of the play calling was bad. You go for two points by running the ball, but you can't go for third and one by running the ball. Makes no sense to me whatsoever. I, I just don't understand Josh McDougal, his thought process in some of the critical areas. Um, I wasn't all excited when we were up 17 nothing, and the reason why is because we were up 20 nothing to another team that wasn't as good as the Kansas City Chiefs, and look how that worked out. Now, this one was different. We fought hard. We fought back. We played well. Um, I And, oh, my gosh, I don't understand how you can let the number one guy on their team so open in the red zone with Kelsey. I, I mean, everybody in the world, there are Martians on freaking Venus, if that's possible, that knows when the Kansas City Chiefs are in the red zone, the number one target is Kelsey. Why you didn't have a man glued to his hip pocket is beyond me. Maybe I'm missing something wrong. I don't care what defensive scheme you have. You tell one guy, whatever it is, whoever it is, that Diablo, he's a converted safety, so he's got some speed. You put your hip on him in the red zone. I don't care if he goes, runs into the freaking bathroom to go to the freaking toilet. You better have your, his jock in your goddamn hand. I don't understand how you let that happen the first time, the second time, then a third time, and then a fourth time. It is unbelievable what this team does at crucial times. And it's not the team, it's the coaching. I don't understand it. Just don't understand it. And with that rant, Raider Nation, this is the Cheesehead Raider. I'm out. Well, you sound just like me because every question you had was the same questions I had throughout the contest. I think we know the culprit. And um, Darren Waller, I mean, I don't even want to get going, but still, they gave him a bag of cash, and he disappeared. It seemed to me like he got paid, and he faded away. Now he's got a, a an injury, a hamstring. I guess he's had it before. I think maybe it's time we trade him away. He's nowhere near... Travis Kelsey. People compare him to Travis Kelsey. I don't know why. He's not our Travis Kelsey, so I think it'd be better to get a a, a draft pick, a high one. We should be able to get a second rounder, second for sure, 
If we do that, let's find ourselves another tight end worthy of the money. Appreciate the call, my good brother. And our next caller is Raider Nate from deep up in the Valley of Fresno. It's a beautiful place if you haven't been. What's up, brother? What's up, Raider Nation Podcast, Raider Greg, Raider Rantby, and uh, Raider Nation Podcast is Raider Nate from deep up in the Valley, Fresno. So first of all, I just wanted to say, uh, uh, going back to the last podcast, uh, <laughs> the shit with those clowns uh, on the donkey station, that that's hilarious. I love when you guys do that, man. They love to talk so much, and then it come, when it comes back to bite them and you you play the little aftermath. Oh, that that's just hilarious. That that gets me uh, that gets me busting up every time, man. So <laughs> props to you guys. Props to Raider Randy on that. Uh, that's hilarious. But uh, well, to the game Monday night. Monday night, man. Man, worst officiating game I think I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, wow. Way to way to take the spotlight away from the. On the AFC West showdown reps, man, worst officiating game. I cannot believe it, man. I can't believe it, man. We had them. We, we it's all we we start off bad, man. We we would score right away, and uh, and then we let up, man. Like I don't know, man. We we had them, man. We oh, we I hate the Chiefs, man. Raider Dan, I feel you. Uh, but man, Josh Jacobs was doing his thing again, man. Running D Jacobs, man. D Jacobs, man. But um, uh, holding, uh, how do you how do you call a holding on a field goal attempt? I mean, never seen that ever. Never seen that ever. I mean, let me know if you guys have. But wow, just another one sticking it to the Raiders like they always do. We already know. But uh, yeah, man, Jacobs did his thing, man. That that long that second pass to Devontae Carter Adams, man. That was that was on point, man. Wow, I thought. That was the turning point of the game. Jacobs, man, I, he he was in, man. I don't know. The knee was down, but, man, he was in, man. And then the going for two, I mean, I can't um, – I don't know. Man, we're going against the freaking Queef. So, we, we got Mahomes over there. So, I was a little being a little aggressive, man. But, now tough. That was a tough one. Like they are. I mean, one and four going into the bye. Who would have thought? But – we had them. We had them on the ropes. We had them. At least it was a game. It wasn't no blowout special. But uh, I don't know. Let me know what you think, Raider Greg, in the bone line. Raider Nate, I'm out. Go Raiders. Well, thank you for the call, Raider Nate. And I'll tell you what I think. The last time that call had been called, holding on a field goal, was against us in 2015 by the same ref. And so that is all I have to say about that. It was a absolute sham of officiating after they got their feelings hurt uh, from the roughing the passer call. The officials just laid it on the Raiders, laid it on us hard. And uh, that's what happened to the game. And plus our coach, add that bonehead to the mix, and you got the L. And please do not listen to him after the game because it is a total waste of time 
and just not worth the aggravation. Appreciate the call, my brother. And our next caller, I really couldn't wait for this call because I knew he was calling. This is our good brother for many seasons. This is Raider Dan from KC. What is up, my good brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is Raider Dan from KC. I had to wait one day before I called after I left the stadium. Uh, I wasn't mad. I wasn't upset. Uh, I was like, like stunned to a degree. Uh, a lot of things I saw, I don't know if it translated on TV. Uh, the obvious, you know why we lost the game. It, it was coach. You know, Josh Jacobs gets a 37-yard run. Uh, we go back to pass. Uh, Card gets sacked 13 yards back. First of all, just run the ball. He's averaging seven yards a carry. Um, do I say fire McDaniels? I would say this because I want to talk about Derek Carr. You know, I like Carr, but I'm about to say something negative. Um, if he only wins six games, he has to go. I don't. I think they probably win more than that. Uh, for Derek Carr, I don't know if it translated that on television, but uh, they need to draft the quarterback. If they're going to keep McDaniels and run this system, uh, Carr doesn't have an arm for it. He doesn't. It looks like he's throwing a medicine ball out there. He's on, you know, one of the touchdown passes was good. All the rest of them, intermediate pass, he, uh, he doesn't have the arm. I will say this. Another positive thing about him, that's the first time I've seen him have some balls out of many losses I've been to at Sparrowhead. Uh, with the saying all that, I had a great time tailgating. I met Raiders fans from Vegas. I met Raiders fans from Oakland. Uh, it was beautiful. Uh, still going to support my team. They played hard. They left it out on the field. Uh, one thing I will say, who needs to go, no matter what, uh, Patrick Graham, he sucks ass. You know, he just does. And, you know, when you get Chiefs fans and say, oh, your defense play good, not really. I mean, it wasn't play good in the first half. And then he went to zone coverage and whatever. Anyway, I still going for my team. Hopefully they get it together. Uh, and win despite the coaching because that obviously was a game that the players wanted and the coach didn't. Raider Randy, Raider Greg, I'm out. Obviously, I sound hoarse and tired. Go Raiders. Man, I thought about you in the stands the whole game. And you must have been screaming because you had a right to scream the whole game. And you know, when you went to work, that those guys didn't say two words to you other than you almost did it because they were afraid. The fans are afraid. The team was afraid. I love seeing Kansas City wipe that smug look off their face because the Raiders did it. And they came so close to beating them. 
They didn't have any any kind of funny laughing nothing because they really just avoided a loss. They didn't win because the Raiders gave them the game. They didn't win it. We gave them the game. Actually, our coach gave them the game, and that's what happened. So be loud and proud, bro, because you have to love our team because the team played like crazy. The super freaks came out, and I'm glad for you because, like I said, I know you were there, and I was thinking about you the whole game, bro. Honest. And our next caller is the Jersey Boy Raider. He's in the house. I love this guy. He's got great takes. What's up, brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is the Jersey Boy Raider. Before I get into the game, I first have to say to Raider Greg, Raider Randy, congratulations on 600. I just can't tell you how much I appreciate all the work that you put into this. I look forward to your show every week, and I just hope you guys can do it forever, another 600, because you truly are the best. Not only the longest. Maybe I could do something for a long period of time, but to keep the show being as good as it is, uh, it only gets better, by the way, much better. So thank you so much, guys. Well, <laughs> that might be the best part of the call <laughs> because when I said it was tough to say one and three last week, well, it's even tougher to say one and four this week, especially coming at the hand of the rival Chiefs in Arrowhead. And, you know, guys, when we were up 17 nothing, I wasn't surprised. Were you? Was anybody? No, because – this was the team that we were expecting, right, Rainer Greg? Your word, the expectations were high for this team. So we go up 17 nothing, And then on defense, we're doing our thing, and Crosby's wreaking havoc, and, you know, we got Perriman back, and yeah, maybe even Chandler Jones was trying to make a few plays, getting close. Hey, it seemed like everything was going right. It was that bogus roughing the passer call. All right, he did land on him. Technically, it was the right call, but – it seemed to change the game, did it not? Did it seem like every play after that, it was a, it was a flag, it was on the Raiders? <laughs> but to top it off, um, nothing as bad as top off, of course, but a, a defensive holding on the field goal. You've got to be kidding me. Boy, was that a game changer. Instead of getting the ball now, they keep the ball and they score. Now, they go for two. I don't understand that, but they go for two, and Max Cross makes a great play. So we get the ball back. Now, we're down by seven. Much better than eight or even nine, right? We drive down the field. Carr does make a great play. Steps up and runs up in the pocket. Throws a perfect pass. Devontae throws the hand up. I got this. I'm going to beat the double coverage. We come down with the ball. Four and a half minutes left. Yes, we tie the game. Awesome. Or so we thought. Enter Josh McDaniels. Now, in my opinion, a coach is supposed to put the team in the best position to win a game. Is that really the best position to win a game by going for two there? Now, we know the teams are going to run right down the field. What's the one point going to do? At that point, you expect the worst as a coach, and you're going to be down by four or down by eight at that point if you miss. But, well, he had a play in mind. He went for it. No, 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 no. You tie the game on the road. That game should have been overtime. So what do you do? You put more pressure on your team to win now. And, of course, we know what happens. Hey, our defense does make a stand finally. By the way, don't even start on Patrick Graham. But our defense does make a stand. We get the ball back. And... um Devontae, we thought he had it. That would have been a game. And I said he didn't have it, whatever. And then, of course, Renfro and him collide. And that kind of sums up the season right now. Guys, it was a tough one. I mean, I'm, I'm just 
it, I don't know. The bye week couldn't come at a better time? I don't know. Maybe not. Because I, I, this team, the fan base, the Raider Nation needs a win. The team needs another win. Could we get back into it? Maybe. I don't know. But, guys, it's, it's coaching. The coaching is killing this team. Josh Jacobs is a beast, a beast. I heard a stat that this is the first time a team lost where, I don't know, there's no turnovers, only two punts, over 150 yards rushing and over 100 yards receiving. Only us, guys. We, we, we really do. We break the barriers for everything, and we just did it again Monday night. Should have won that game. Why? Should have won the Cardinal game, right? We're not winning these games because of coaching, not making the right adjustments, and not putting your team in the best position to win. Until that changes, guys, I think we'll continue to lose. And it breaks my heart and it breaks yours, and I believe Silver and Black looks like you do. But with that being said, Raider Craig, Raider Randy, I want to end up by saying thank you so much for what you do. That's what I just want to say that. Thank you, guys. And you, you help to keep us together. So I appreciate that. Enjoy the bye week, fellas. At least we can't lose this weekend. Until we win another win, just win, maybe, please. Jersey Boy Raider out. <laughs> I love your call, man, because I just love your call. Because it sounds like the rest of us, we're all wondering. I hope Mark Davis is wondering why this buffoon is at the head. Because I'm telling you, we got the players to win. If we just had a winning coach, we would be maybe four and one. You know, who knows? But not one and four. Not one and four at all. That's uh that's all on coaching. All these close losses are on poor decisions at poor times, and we can call them all out, but that's what it is. And until he's gone, then that's what we get. I just hope we don't have like a run through the losing teams of the season and Mark changes his view of this pathetic clown. Appreciate the call, man. And last but not least, Raiders Sam out of Southern California. Been a long-time listener and now a first-time caller. I love it. I just love it. What is up, Raiders Sam? Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is Raider Sam out of SoCal. Long time listener, first time caller. Uh, and I've been listening to you guys for like 10 years. I think I think the first time I found your podcast, it might have been 2012. And I, all I remember is someone saying, man, they better not draft Barkley because that fucker sucks. And I was hooked ever since. So I just want to say, man, how much I love your podcast. You know, there's other podcasts that are every day or whatever, but, you know, something about yours, it's once a week, it's that build-up, it's like, it's like a game, man. I, I really enjoy it, so, you know, kudos to you guys. Um, it's definitely the best podcast out there. And, uh, shit, man, uh, I'm just I'm just calling, you know, I say SoCal because I, I don't, you know, work-wise, I'm all over the damn place in SoCal, so I'm just going to say Raider Sam from SoCal, but... Um, I, I heard the podcast a few weeks ago or maybe before the season started and you guys were talking about Gruden and, I mean, that shit's probably, I mean, he can't just be snarling at the refs all the time and, you know, it's probably getting them nowhere. But, I mean, damn, 
Look what the refs are fucking doing to us. I mean, we need. I, I miss Gruden so bad, growling and snarling and talking shit to those refs. I mean, it, it probably would have avoided those those calls that we got. I mean, damn, holding on a field goal and it's the same fucking ref that did it to the same team in 2015. I mean, I mean, we know how it is being a Raider fan, and it, it's hard to be a Raider fan sometimes. But man, I, I'm frustrated as hell. I, I do have a gut feeling that they could turn it around, uh, but damn, they had that fucking game Monday night, man. They should have, they should have, I mean, they needed that, and um, fucking camera guy, he's a fucking pussy. Excuse my language, man. I'm sorry. I curse like a sailor sometimes, but I'm pissed. I'm tired of the shit. I had to call in. I love your podcast. Fuck the rest. Fuck the rest. Go Raiders. Well, that's a perfect call to end on because I think you have the tone that everybody wants here. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, Gruden did scream and yell a lot, and that might not have been the best for us, but at least they had some respect for us. This Jello, and I mean Jello, uh, he is so unbelievably difficult to listen to. Because he is so, uh, so wishy-washy. And, um, you know, and, um, you know, and, um, you know. There's about 50 you knows in every one of his press conferences. And every time I hear it, it gives me a headache. Uh, can't stand this coach. I wish they'd get rid of him midseason. Best thing that could ever happen to this team. Matter of fact, I think the team would play better without this knucklehead. But I appreciate you listening, man. I really do appreciate the passion. You are certainly Raider Nation. And thank you for listening all that time, for sure. Well, that will do it for this edition of the Raider Nation podcast. We do have a bye week, no game. So, uh, yeah, our next game is going to be, well, not this week, but next week against the Texans at home. Nice home game. Should be a victory, I hope. If the coach doesn't mess it up, we should win this game. Other than that, man, you guys keep in there, hanging in there. And if anybody knows any of the referees can get through (laughs) to any one of these clowns, you let them know that this is Bologna. And you know what I mean when I say that. I am Raider Greg, and I am out. Out.